You're welcome to be seated. And um, as you're seated this morning, I, I want us to have bold faith. Save me, bold faith. And I want to go to, there's many scriptures. I, again, I, I don't think I'll be able to deliver everything that's in my spirit uh, for us because there's just too much that I have in my heart this morning. Um, and in the first service, there was, there was just too much that God was busy doing. And, um, and so we needed to accelerate it to get into the second service. But I, I feel that, again, there's so much that God wants to say, but I, I'm going to go to Romans chapter number 8. And if you can open up your Bibles, Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 11. Can dead things live? Yes, they can. Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 11. It says this, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. I want you to see that. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh. Please note that. Not to the flesh. To live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Please note, you will die according to the flesh. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. I please want you to see there's a qualification for who are the sons and who are the slaves. Only those that are led by the Spirit are sons of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption by which you cry, Abba, Father. Now the Spirit Himself bear witness with our spirit, verse number 16, that we are children of Him. And if children then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs of Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. I consider, verse number 18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. As you said here this morning, uh, in the next couple of minutes, I want you to understand that you are a son and a daughter of the Most High God. Uh, you are not just a child that doesn't have rights. You are a son and a daughter of the Most High God. And as I was looking at, at the Scripture yesterday and the day before and even the day before that, late last night, the Lord started to ask me a question and this was the question. He said, Gibbard, when did I give the Holy Spirit? Because you have to understand you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And because you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, that makes you a carrier of God. Oh, come on, can I say that again? Because the Spirit of the Lord lives inside of you, that makes you a carrier of the impossible. That makes you a carrier of the kingdom of God. That makes you a carrier that you can upset an atmosphere, you can change the status quo, and in quite frank, simple sense, we can make things happen because we are a carrier of the Spirit of the King. Come on church, are you with me? And so because we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, that makes us temples of the Most High God. And the Lord asked me this question yesterday. He said, when did I pour out my Spirit? Did I give my Spirit before my resurrection or after my resurrection? 
And you know, when God asks you a question, it's not really so much to be, to be answered immediately. It's because He wants to speak again. Are you there? And so the Lord said to me, when was, when was my spirit poured out? Was my spirit poured out before or after? I said, after. He said, the reason why it's after is because the number one task of the Holy Spirit is to conform you into the image of Christ. In other words, you need to look like Jesus. Come on, church, do I have somebody that's with me here? The word image there in the Greek is the Greek word poem. It means you are God's poem, you are God's masterpiece, but you have to look like Jesus. You are not called to look like uh, this one or that one. You are called to look like Christ and to carry His attributes. Come on, are you okay? That's why your Bible says, in the name of Jesus Christ. That word, in the name, there is the Greek word onoma, and it means in the name and in the character of who Jesus is. Let me say it like this. Power you have received by the Holy Spirit. Authority you re received by relationship. Oh, it's going quiet. Come on, are you there? Aiden, come help me. I say again, power you have received by the Holy Spirit. Authority you received by relationship. Authority is something that we receive by relationship with the King. Power is what we receive because the King has sent us. Are you there? And if you, are, if you don't understand that you have been sent, you have been sent by God. As same as the Father sent the Son, the Son sent us. Do you know that everything Jesus said about Himself, He said about you. He says, I am the light of the world. Then He says, you are the light of the world. He says, I am the hope. Then He says, you are the hope. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Are you guys okay? And so we have to understand this morning that, that heaven, or let me say it like this, the, the goal of the Holy Spirit is again to change you into the image of Jesus. That's the goal. There isn't another goal. The goal is not for you to be anything else but to conform into the image. And I, and I wanted you to understand something this morning. That as I was looking at this and looking at the scripture, there's, again, there's many ways that I can preach this and many ways I can talk about this, but I want us to understand that the bullseye of heaven is your soul. In other words, all of heaven is aimed at the soul of a man because it's in the soul of the man that the will of the man dwells. Because you are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. But the aim, the aim of heaven is the soul of a man. He wants that soul. God has sent the Son because He wants the soul. Let me say it like, like this. Deliverance is nothing but God that is in love with a soul. I'll say it again. Deliverance is nothing but God that is in love with a soul and He will do anything to set that soul free. He sent the Son so that you and I can live a life of freedom and abundance and overflow. God did not send the Son so that we cannot live the life that is abundant. He said, I send myself to bring you good tidings. Come on, news not to harm you. The Bible says in John 10, 10, He come to bring us life and life abundantly. Are you with me? And as I was looking at this, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me this thing. He said, if I require one thing, why is my people focused on so many things? Because he says to Martha, 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 you're busy with many things, yet one thing is required. Mary has chosen the better and it will not be taken from her. In other words, she was experiencing Christ while Martha was busy and Jesus makes the reprimand. 
He says, one thing is required. Not many things, one thing. And I want to encourage you this morning and just say this very simply, that if one thing is required, there will be many things that will, that will attend for your, or that will fight for your attention. Because if Satan cannot stop you, he's going to keep you busy. Come on, guys. He's going to keep you busy. He's going to keep you unfocused because he understands as soon as you understand who you are, then he's going to lose out on the ability to control you and control your life. But as long as he can keep your focus busy on other things, you will never get to the one thing. It is better for a man to not have things and not have God. It is better for a man to know the Lord his God and to love him with all of his heart than to have all things but perish in hell. I tell you the truth, God is not against things, but He's against things having you. God is against the thing that is after people's hearts. And yesterday, as I sat, the Lord said to me, tell my people, it is time to kick the mistresses out of the bed. James 4, 4 says, the Bible makes it very clear, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity against God? God will not share His affection with us. Jesus will not share Himself. I'm sorry. He cannot share His heart. He cannot share His power. And He will definitely not share with the people that believe their hearts can be divided. Come on, are you guys okay? We cannot look like the world Monday to Saturday and on a Sunday dress up, smile and come to church. No, you are the church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The reason why the church is struggling to make sons in this time is because many look like the world. How can sons make slave sons again if the sons look like the slaves? Can I say that again? How can sons make slaves out of slave sons if the sons looks like slaves? Because if we love the same things and if we have the same compassion for the same things and we offer the same stuff, what makes us different from the world? Come on church, come on, are you strong? We have to be a people set apart for our God. He says, be holy for I'm holy, but He wants the soul of a man. He wants the purity of the heart of a man. God is after that heart and He'll pay any price. In actual fact, He did pay the demanded price. When Satan, when Jesus stepped into Satan's slave market, the Bible says he paid the demanded price. The word demanded price is the word lutros. He paid the price because he wanted the soul. Come on, are you guys good? Give Jesus just some praises for 10 seconds. I want you to understand this. It is time to kick the mistresses out. If you can imagine that just for a moment. Will you share, will you share the place of Will you share the place of intimacy with somebody else? If you're, if you're a man here and a woman here, you're married, will you, will you allow a, a third person into that bed or into that place? We will never allow it because it's a place of intimacy. It is the place where creation happens. Because intimacy, creation comes out of intimacy. FYI. Are you guys okay? Let me say it like this. You and your wife, you can stand next to that bed and you can say, in the name of Jesus Christ. Ah, uh, but baby will not come. 
You have to get to a place of intimacy to birth something. Let me say it again. If you cannot come into a place of intimacy of God, you'll birth nothing. Intimacy is the birthplace of the supernatural. What we do in the inner room counts in the outer room. But the outer room will never come if the inner room is not present. That's why the Bible says, Matthew 6, 6, when you pray unto thy Father, close your door, get behind a closed door, pray unto your Father, which is in the unseen, your Father, which is in the unseen, will reward you openly. Why am I telling you this morning? I'm telling you God is passionately after your heart and He wants that soul. And all of heaven is aimed right at that will of yours. That is the place that man has to die. If Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me, He's aimed at the soul. He's aimed at that will. Are you guys there? And so I want you to understand, please listen to me carefully. If it doesn't move the bridegroom, it shouldn't move you. If it doesn't move the Lord, it should not move you. Come on, are you there? If it doesn't move the bridegroom, it shouldn't move you. But when the, let me say it like this, when the bridegroom gets moved, it should move you too. And nothing moves the bridegroom more than a people that comes back to him. Come on, are you guys there? You see, God doesn't want your sword, He wants your heart. He doesn't want your ability, He wants your heart. Because He can do more with your heart than with your sword. There are two types of Christians. There are the Peter type of Christians that want to pull the sword. They want to help the Lord out. Then you have the second type of Christians that want to give the Lord their hearts. And I want to say to you this morning, Ezekiel 36, 26, I believe the scripture is, Ezekiel 36, 26, uh, listen to the scripture. For I will give you a new heart and I will put in you a new spirit. I will remove from you a heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to follow my laws. Come on, are you guys with me? I want you to understand understand something. Again, if one thing is needed, why do we focus on so many things? The Bible says David was a man after God's heart. He writes about himself, I'm a man after God's heart. I want to say to you this morning, I think it's more important to be a man after God's heart than to be a man who God can use with a sword. Because does God want your ability or God does the Lord want you? He wants you. He wants your heart to be His heart. He wants your heart to beat for the same compassion. You have to understand that about the Lord. The Lord wants you. And the reason why the Holy Spirit came is so that you can change to become like the Lord so that everything that doesn't look like the Lord has to fall off you. But there has to be an exchange that needs to happen, church. Are you you guys okay? There has to be a shift that needs to happen in our lives. And when I looked at the scripture, the Lord said to me clearly, He said, tell my church that are carriers of the Holy Spirit. 
but they have to demonstrate Him by being obedient to Him. Because without obedience, there will be no reward. We have to be a people that are obedient to the Holy Spirit. We are led by the Holy Spirit. We are not led by our feelings. Your feelings are awesome, but they cannot lead you. Come on, are you there? The Bible says, crucify the flesh and follow God. In 2023, and I, I can tell you prophetically that we are in a season right now where everything is calling for your heart. The world is calling for your heart. The spirit of this age is calling for your heart. The things of this world is calling for your heart. Everything is calling for your heart, but you have a decision to make. Where will I put my heart? Come on, guys. Are you, are you there? Are you with me? I want you to understand something. A question I want to ask you. This is the question. Can a man be free from sin before death? I'll ask you again this, the question. Can a man be free from sin before death? Because death is a separator. We have to understand it's a curtain, right? Can a man be free from sin before death? Can a man be free from sin before death? The Lord asked me this question is that He says, can a man be free from death or from sin before death? And it was a tricky question because I, I needed to think of God a bit. And then I thought to myself, if a man cannot be free from sin before death, it means that death is stronger than Jesus. Are you okay? But if Jesus has destroyed the power of death and the power of sin, it means the influence of sin is still around me, yet I can live in a place not to sin. In other words, I can live in a place called communion and fellowship with the Holy Spirit because it is the love of God that introduces me to the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, which introduces me to the communion of the Holy Spirit. Come on, is there anybody with me here? Listen, tomorrow is a public holiday, so you can, you can uh, be relaxed. Are you guys okay? But I, I want us to understand that we, unless we live a Christianity that costs us something, it might cost you everything because it costs you nothing right now. We cannot live a Christian life that is convenient because it is the dying to the self that the Lord is after. Come on guys, are you with me? God has not called a select few to demonstrate power. God has called all to demonstrate the good news. Every single one of you that sit here this morning, it must cost you something because unless it costs you something, how are we convinced that you are in it? Being born again costs Jesus everything. To become like Him will cost you everything. Let me say it again. It's getting quiet here. To be born again costs Jesus everything for you. For you to become like Jesus will cost you everything. It is not a cheap gospel. It is a gospel full of blood and power. <laughs> Come on. Are you guys okay? 
The reason why many people are trying a lot of tricks is because they don't have power. And they don't have power very simply because they haven't paid nothing. Jesus, the Father says in the book of Malachi, chapter number one, verse number six to seven. He says, he says, am I a general? Uh, who do you think I am that you can bring things to me that are lame and ill and sick? Come on, are you guys there? Let me quickly go to the scripture. Say, say to your neighbor, listen, he's for you. Now listen to this, Malachi chapter number one, verse number six. It says, a son honors his father and a slave his master. If I am a father, where is the honor due to me? For I am a master. Where is the respect due me? Says the Lord Almighty. It is, it is you priests who show contempt for my name. But you ask, how have I shown contempt by for your name? By offering the filed food on my altar. But you ask, how have I defiled you? You say, but saying that the Lord's table is contemptible. In other words, by offering the filed food on the altar. Let me say it like this. What many of us, what we do, and we should stop doing this. We give God some, but God doesn't want some. He wants everything. Oh, church. I will not preach a gospel to us that your ears like. I will preach a gospel that will challenge you to give the Lord the best. Because if you give the Lord the best, the Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and the things shall be added unto you. The Lord wants to add things to you rapidly and quickly, but there has to be a position of first in your life. Come on, are you with me? And as soon as we've made that place of first, you become a lover of God and God becomes a lover of you. And you understand the commandments that says, Love the Lord your God and love as your, your enemy as you love yourself. Come on, let's just, please give the Lord some praise. I feel like I'm preaching to myself here. As I was sitting with the Lord yesterday, He said this to me, presentation without representation only creates sons and slaves. Slaves and sons. I'll say it again. Presentation without representation is creating slaves in sons. Presentation without representation is creating slaves in sons. You should say to me this morning, what do you mean by that? If I'm with the Lord, I cannot represent somebody I don't know. But if I try to represent somebody I don't know, and I have all, all the right sayings and all the right Christian cliches, and I say all the right things, but I lack the character and the reflection of Christ, I will tell other people that it's okay to have the right words, but not to have the character of who He is. Do you understand what I'm saying? Come on, is it a, is it a bit too much? Let me say it like this. Maybe you'll catch it if I, if I say it like this. If there's two trees in a garden, two trees, just listen to me. If there's two trees in a garden, if you want to deal with that tree, you don't pluck off its fruit. So let's say on this side of me, on this side of me is a tree that's full of condemnation, full of sin, uh, full of judgment. Um, because this is, this is the fallacy of Christians sometimes. We say, but I'm like the Lord. Yeah, but you gossip. Or we say, I'm like the Lord, but yeah, you slander. Sometimes we say, yeah, but I'm, I'm like the Lord. But you're keeping back your tithe. 
Oh, it's going quiet. We say, no, I'm like Christ. He lives inside of me. Yet we allow thoughts of harm about other people into our mind and we entertain them. We are like the Lord, but we don't understand the urgency of the time. Come on, are you there? The, the point is all of us should become like the Lord. But none of us is yet like the Lord. We're going there. Come on, are you guys okay? This is, this is supposed to be good news for you. You are called to become like the Lord. If you're not yet like Him, that means you're a work in progress. That means you still have the opportunity to become like Him. That means God will put many opportunities around you and in front of you and ahead of you for you to change and shift and to become more like Jesus. That means every opportunity you will find is an opportunity for you to display God through and in your life. Come on, is, are, you, are you with me? And so again, let's take these two trees as an example. I, I want you to understand this. If on this one side, this tree, has got sin and compromise and bitterness and anger and rage and all of that stuff. And on this side of that tree, this side, this one, this is where the fruit of the Holy Spirit is. This is where love for your neighbor is at. This is where the abundant life lies. Then how do you deal with this tree? Do you, do you, pluck, off its, you pluck off its fruits? Do you, oh, how does this tree keep on growing? What do you do? And I'll give you the answer. The answer is you should stop ignoring this tree and you should come to this one. And the more you pay attention to that what is on this side of the life of the Christian, and the more you pay attention to Jesus, and the more you pay attention to the resurrection, and the more you pay attention to who He is, these things die off naturally. Why? Your attention is not there. Let me say it like this. Wherever your attention is, life is. This is too much for a Sunday. Where your attention is, your life is. That's why the Lord says, and I'll close with two thoughts. That's why the Lord says, I want your attention. I want your heart. I want the core of who you are. It's what I'm after. And so again, I say the bullseye of heaven is your heart. That's where the Lord's after. He will strip everything off you to get to that place. There's many layers. Listen, <laughs> Christians do funny things these days. They say, no, I must put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. Listen, there's not angels running around dispersing helmets and breastplates. Are you with me? There's not angels waiting for you to get up in the morning and for you to put on a helmet. Come on, guys. These are, are I heard it the other day. People say they get out of bed, they put on the helmet, they put on the breastplate. I say, how? How do you do that? Because there's definitely not the Lord waiting around, nor any angel waiting for you to put on your helmet, or a breastplate, or a sword. Come on, are you guys okay? We say these things, but they mean nothing in the spiritual realm. They mean nothing in front of God. Rather, the scripture says, be clothed with the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 13, 14. That means if you put him on, something needs to be put off. So it is Christ that lives in me, which is the hope of glory. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God 
who lives, who loves me and who died for me. It's no longer I who live, but I have died to me. The life I now live, I live crucified unto me. So you must be able to say this morning, you are no longer there. It's now Christ in you, the hope of glory. You have to know that about yourself and I'll, and I'll, and I'll close with one or two thoughts. You have to understand, you are no longer there. You are dead. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let's go just for two more thoughts. I want you to understand this. 1 Corinthians 6 verse number 17. But he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. So your spirit and the Holy Spirit is one. Hallelujah. Now God through your spirit and the Holy Spirit wants to influence your soul. So that your soul can be captivated, captivated by your spirit. Now when the soul gets captivated by the captain, the spirit, or by your, your spirit, your spirit speaks to your soul. Your soul speaks to your man. And the natural man starts to be obedient to the spirit. God does not want you to live from the outside in. He wants you to live from the inside out. Come on, are you with me? If God wants you to live from the inside out, it means everything that's on the outside that doesn't look like the inside needs to change. Oh, that was a good place to say, man. Okay, let me put another one to you. And I, and I want you to understand this. Our task is very simple. And there's, there's so many different ways, I, again, I can say this. But our task is that we make sure that our hearts is with the Lord. Because He wants nothing more and He wants nothing less. And He will contest for that heart until that heart belongs to Him completely. And I want to leave you just with this thought that if the Lord came to make sons and daughters, then you have to understand, listen to me carefully, life to your spirit is called salvation. Life to your soul is called deliverance. Life to your body is called healing. say it again life to your spirit is called salvation life to your soul is called deliverance life to your, to your body is called healing now where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom freedom for the soul freedom for the spirit freedom for the body I'm sorry to say, but just because you have the Holy Spirit makes you a carrier of the impossible and all things can be done because you are loved by God and you are a carrier. As you sit here this morning, I want to leave this with you. You have been born right. The devil wants you to select wrong. How can a man be born again? They ask him. It says, unless a man gets born from a woman and born from above, he's not born again. You have in you, listen to me carefully, you have been born by the Spirit of God. Right? Come on, are you with me? You've been born from a woman. Otherwise, it's not possible for you to be here. Hello? Born from a woman. 
Woman. Man, woman. Everybody understands. We're not confused here. Man, woman. Save me, man. Woman. God made man. God made. What did God made? What did God made? Man and? Okay, you see, you guys are clever. Okay, we mustn't get that confused in 2023. Man, woman. Can, can we try again quickly? Save me, man. Save me, woman. Okay. God, I want you to understand something. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit on that. The reason why the enemy has got so many people confused in this hour. Because if he can distract them, they will never derive at their purpose. So how does he distract them? He confuses them. Because if you don't know who you are, you will not know where to go. Your potential is in your purpose. So if I can't stop you, I just make you confused. There are many sons and daughters here sitting here this morning. The potential is still in you. The purpose of God is still alive. It's still there. But you must stop being confused about who you are. And you must stop allowing other voices to talk to you. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Stop being a goat, be a sheep. Come on church. And I'll leave you with, with this thought this morning. I'm over my time. I'll leave you with this thought because I want you to understand that you have a promiser that's on your side. And you must not lose hope because God cannot fail. He's the same yesterday, today and forevermore. You find in your Bible, you find a story and I, and I said it in the first service and I'll say it here again. You, you find the story about about Elijah coming to town and, uh, and as Elijah is coming to town there's a lady called the Shumanite woman and Elijah prophesies what can we do for this woman because she's been kind to the man of God and um, she says uh, and Elijah prophesies he says listen um, you will have a boy and this Shumanite woman you can go and study it this Shumanite woman doesn't actually like the prophetic word because she says don't play with me That's, you know I don't mean anything but yet Elijah gives the word and the Bible says that surely the word comes to pass and a boy gets born. Are you with me? A couple of years later on, the boy dies. The Shumanite woman takes the dead child and she goes and she puts it on Elijah's bed. She puts it on the man of God's bed. Are everybody okay? Are you with me? And I, I want you to understand, so I want to use a natural analogy. If Shannon promises me that she's going to buy me something. And let's say she says, listen, I'm going to buy you next week, Friday, I'm going to buy you something. Okay, she makes the promise. She buys me Friday, I get, I get a, a pair of shoes. Let's just keep it up what, what we like. Um, Friday, I'm going to buy you a pair of shoes. Okay, great. Friday comes, Friday goes, no shoes. Do I have the right and do I have the authority to go and ask for the shoes? Many of you will say, oh, I don't know, you know, because. But where does the onus lie? 
Does the onus lie with me or with the one that made the promise? So if God promises something, where does the onus lie? Does the onus lie with me or with Him that promised? With Him that promised. So if it lies of Him that promised, then your task, my task, is to remind Him of what He promised. Oh. Because the Scripture says, Come boldly to my throne of grace in the time of need, because He that has promised is faithful. My promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. God does not know how to fail a promise to you. The promise is yes. I want our heart to jump at that. And I'll leave you with another last, second last, third last thought. What Christians do, and we should really stop doing this, because we are not seeing what we want to see, we sometimes reduce our theology to fit our experience. We say, no, maybe God didn't want to. No, God wants to. Don't reduce Him to fit your experience. Shift your experience to fit Him. Let's rather be truthful and say this. Do you have all the answers? No. Should you have all the answers? No. Why? You have a helper. You have a comforter. If you never needed to need help, why would God send Himself? If you've never needed comfort, why will you have a comforter? He doesn't call you an overcomer because you will just sit around. You have to overcome some stuff. He doesn't call you the head if something doesn't want you to become the tail. He doesn't call you to choose life if he knows that death is also an option. Come on, are you with me? So what is to do for the Christian? This is the bottom line is to give the Lord what He wants. What does the Lord want? He wants you. And everything else must stand second. I can honestly say as I stand here this morning, I've been married for 18 years and I love my wife with everything I have. With three awesome kids. But if it wasn't for Jesus, there would have been no Shannon. And if it wasn't for Shannon, I could have been as spiritual as what I wanted to be. There would have been never three children. But where did it start? It started with Jesus. I'll leave you with that. You have to start at the right place to get the right stuff. Otherwise, people will make you pay long, more than what you want to pay and make you stay longer than what you want to stay. No, start with the author of life. He'll keep you on the ways of life. Don't trust yourself, trust the Lord. I want to give you a, a, a principle to live by. When you are in the valley, keep on walking. Just keep walking. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Please note, Jesus never tells you to go sit down. He doesn't tell you to wait. He doesn't tell you to meditate in the valley. He says walk. 
Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why will you fear no evil? Why will you fear no evil? Because there's somebody with you in the valley. Hey, can I preach this just for a minute? Just give me a one minute. There's somebody that's in this valley. He is the great shepherd. He's stronger than the shadows. He anoints my head of oil. Why does He anoint your head of oil? Oh, hallelujah, I feel the Spirit of the Lord come upon me. Why does He anoint your head of oil? Because there's many things that will butt heads with you. But everything, something wants to butt head of you. It can slip off you. Why? My head is anointed with oil. It is a fact, listen to me. It is a scriptural fact. Oh, it is a fact that that shepherds, they took the anointing, they put it into the sheep's nostrils. You know why in their nostrils? Because flies in ancient times would make a, make a nest in the, in the nostrils of the, of the sheep. And then the, as the flies will clap their, clap their, their, their wings, and they, the flies also made, um, they went into the ears of the sheep, right? Come on, just hold on. I'm gonna take you there quickly. And so what the shepherd would have done, he will put the oil of the anointing in the, in the nose and in the ears. Because as those flies were clapping their wings, what happened, the sheep became distorted. They heard the clapping of the wings of the flies. Satan is called the Lord Behalzebub. The what? The Lord of the flies. Why the Lord of the flies? Because a fly makes a sound to get you distracted. But if you are anointed, oh, the sound of the fly cannot come to you because my sheep hear my voice. Oh. No, really not close. Yes, I love the Bible. I'll go on for hours. The Bible says, goodness and mercy shall follow me, right? As I dwell in the house of the Lord. Please understand, there's a precursor for goodness. So what the shepherd would have done, he would bite the apple. Help me, Aiden. Bite the apple. He'll bite the fruit. He'll put the fruit in the air. The sheep will go. And they'll start to follow the master. Listen, everything that smells good smells like Him. Sickness doesn't smell like Him. Death and decay doesn't smell like Him. Poverty doesn't smell like Him. Doesn't. I'm sorry, it's not. It just, so let, help, let me help you. Healing, come. Come follow, follow my healing. Come. Bites, he bites, he bites provision. Come, follow. Come, looks like me. You need breakthrough while well, I am the God of prayers. Come, follow me. Are you with me? I don't know who your doctor is. I have a doctor. His name is Jesus Christ. Dr. Jesus. As you go to a doctor, I'll leave you with that. If you go to a doctor and you see all the qualifications, MBSC and all of that, all the different qualifications. On His door stands Dr. Jesus Christ, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace.
mighty God, Elohim, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that is with me in my trouble, the one that can set the captives free, the one that gives eyes to the blind, the one that opens up the ears of the deaf, the one that restores marriages. Don't you want to see that, doctor? Ah, oh, come on. Don't you want to see the real doctor? The one that can heal all diseases and take all the pain away? Come on, he's the only one. There's nobody like our God. Come on, shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Again, hallelujah. Come on, give Jesus Christ a mighty roar of praise. Say to the person next to you, He's for me. He's with me. He's for you, church. It's not against you. It's holiday tomorrow, so we can preach longer. So we can go to like tonight. Is that okay? Listen, I want you to understand something about Jesus. The Lord is close. The Lord is close. He's not distant. He's not a God that sits there on a throne far or wide above. He is as close as your breath to you. And I want you this morning, and this is what I want us to do. Right now, before we go to anything further, God wants you, church. Yes, Holy Spirit. Can I, can I have a minute? Samson had the ability to throw Delilah off many times. Listen to me. I want to help you now. You need, need to listen very carefully to what I say. The problem came when Samson allowed Delilah into the covenant. Because God had a covenant with Samson. He said, Samson, keep, my, keep the vow of the Nazarite. Be holy and stay clean. The Lord could allow in His great mercy. Samson had his power as long as Delilah was outside the covenant. Because God had a covenant with Samson. But as soon as Samson got tired and weary, he allowed Delilah into the covenant. And God left Samson. Just listen to me. As you sit here this morning, there are many Delilahs contending for you. Sex is contending for you. Alcohol is contending for you. Porn is contending for you. Netflix is contending for you. All of these destructions, they're contending for you because they want to rob you of eternal life. And God has got a vow that looks like holiness and He wants you in it with Him. And this morning what I'm saying to you is throw the mistresses out. Throw the spirit of compromise out. Throw jealousy out. Throw, 
throw backbiting out, throw fear out, throw anxiety out, get it out of the covenant. It's not part of who you are. Psalm 51 says this. David says, he realizes he made a mistake. God, and I say again, God can do more with a man that knows his mistakes than with a man that doesn't know. And David says, Lord, please do not remove your spirit away from me. And this morning I want to call out to you and I want to ask you to come back to the Lord. I want you to give Him your heart and your body and your life and say, Lord, I deny this world. I put my back to this world because I want to follow you. I want to come back home. I want to be home. I don't want to be labeled. I want to be home, Jesus. Come on, are you there? Are you with me? That's you this morning. I know we're over time. But that's okay. And if you want to, if that's you this morning, I just want you to stand and say, Lord, here am I. Use me. Give you my life back. I give you my heart back. I give you myself back. Here am I. And if, that, if that's you this morning, I just want you to jump to your feet and say, Lord, here am I. I'm, I'm, I'm back there again, Lord. I use my life, Lord. I, I don't want to have mistresses. I don't want to have seconds. I just want you. If that's you, why don't you just stump to your feet. This is not a prayer of salvation. This is just a prayer of you coming back to the Lord of who you are. I want to give just a moment or so. There's people that need to respond to this. Just for you coming back to God. You coming back to God. You coming back to God. So let's pray together, everybody, before we move on into this service. Save me, Heavenly Father. I want to thank you that right now I'm coming back. I give you myself, give you my heart, give you my life. Thank you, Father, that I belong to you. I am yours and you are mine. And Lord, I choose this morning to live, to dwell, and to have my being in you. This I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that I can come home in this day. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's just give Jesus 10 seconds of praise. Come on, let's just give Him some praise. This morning is a part of what we want to do. We want to, we want to dedicate kids, children to the Lord all the small kids to the Lord. And, um, and if there is moms and dads like that in the first service we had people, and in the second service we want to do the same. And I want to ask all the moms and the dads, if that's you, we just want to devote this time to, to family right now. Is that okay? So if there's moms and dads, your children, you're welcome to come. And we as a church, we're just going to pray together for the children and uh, for the families. Why don't you come, church? You can... Just step out of your seats and come. I see these moms and dads coming. It's fine. I see in the first service with the volunteers here in front. I saw people just running for their kids. Bring the babies. 
bring the babies. We want the babies. This is not for the 17-year-old child. This is for zero to three. Are you there? Come on, let's give them a hand as they come. Those are the coolest shoes I've ever seen in a long time. They sparkle, do that, my girl. Uh, let's just wait for more of the, the kiddies. Amen. Come, moms and dads, bring the children. Jesus said, let the children come to me. Hey, this is a fruitful church. You guys don't need tips on fruitfulness. And uh, I think we're going to cancel that marriage seminar. It seems you guys do everything right now. I'm teasing. Um, we want to pray together. Can I ask the church to stand just at a moment for us, please? And I, I'm joking, but this is very serious times for us. Because who of you know, God is the God of Abram, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the God that is the same. Amen. The covenant he has of Abraham is the covenant he has of Jacob is the covenant he takes onwards. Isaac, he is a generational God. And what I want us to do this morning um, is I want us to pray together. I want the churches to stretch out your hands to, to the families here in front and on the screen. And if you're online this morning and you want to pray with us and your children is with you, uh, please pray with us the following prayer. Can we just have it up quickly? Thank you. Let's pray together. I want the whole church. Can we as the whole church pray together? Is that okay? Pray with me. Say, Father God, thank you for the child you gave us. Thank you that your Holy Spirit will daily lead, guide, and counsel my child, assisting him or her to grow in wisdom and stature in grace and knowledge in kindness compassion and love may this child serve you faithfully with his whole heart devoted to you all the days of his life i pray that your power and favor will rest on them in an unusual manner and that he or she will grow in the favor of God and man next slide next one this day we choose to dedicate our child back to you, O Lord. And we give you our vow that we will raise this child to the best of our ability with the help of the Holy Spirit and the counsel of the family of God. We declare your divine favor blessing, peace, 
and righteousness upon our child in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. I want the whole church just to stretch out your hands toward these families. Can everybody just stretch out your hands towards these families? Father, we want to pray right now over every single family. Father, we want to pray that in this moment, Lord, may your face shine upon them. Father, may your favor be upon them. Lord, in this day as I see all these little children, Lord, I thank you, Jesus, Lord, that your favor rest upon families. Lord, in this day as Empowered Church, we bless every one of these children in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that they shall be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that in all of their coming and in all of their going, they shall be blessed from this day forward. I pray, Jesus, whatever they put their hands to, they shall prosper and they shall succeed in everything they do. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all of God's people say, amen. Say amen again. Come on, let's just say again. Let's just give some thanks to all of these families. Moms and dads, we bless you. We bless every single one of you. And this morning we want you to know that the favor of God rests upon you. The favor of God is upon your families. And we bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on, let's just give them a God bless you as they go to their seats. Amen and amen. All the moms and the dads, just by the way, church, you're welcome to be seated just for a moment. All the moms and the dads, please know that you are welcome to, at the, at the end of the service, just to go give up your, your children's names. And um, as, as you do, just so that we can give the certificates and get everything to them. Amen. I want us just to stand for a moment before I ask, um, is Pastor Eric, is he close? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come stand by me. Father, I want to thank you this morning. As Pastor Eric comes, I want us this morning just to pray. And um, I want us to pray for, for Pastor Cornet. And as you know, Pastor Cornet is Pastor Eric's wife, for you that don't know. And what I want us to do this morning, just together, I want us to pray together as a family. Um, a while back, we have received a diagnosis. And it's not a diagnosis for us to fear, but it is a real diagnosis. But we want to pray with them as a family that the Lord is our healer. Amen. And the Lord heals. And we want to trust the Lord together this morning as a family, just for Pastor Cornet's healing. Is that fine? And for the manifestation of that healing to take place in her body, visible. And we want to trust the Lord this morning as we pray together today that the Lord will do it today. Is that okay? Can I ask you to stretch out your hands towards Him, please, as I pray for Him? I want you, there we are. Can you pray in the Holy Spirit? Can you just pray in the Spirit? There we are. Let's just pray in the Spirit. Come, let's just pray. 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 Come on, let's just pray. Let's just pray in the Spirit. Let's just pray in the Spirit. Come on, beautiful. Let's just pray. Let's stir faith. Come on. 
It's the faith. Bora bakata te biandro bakora bakata te biandro boshtera bakata te biandro boshtere. Ribitara boshtera bakata te biandro bakora bakata te biandro boshtere. Come on, let's just pray. Pray, 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 pray. Bora bakata te beautiful church. Just let raise it up. Raise it up, raise it up, raise it up, raise it up, raise up, raise up, raise up. Let's just trust God. Bora bakata te biandro boshtere. Ribitara boshtera bakora bakata te biandro. I want you just to lift your voices just for 30 seconds as we contain. Bora bakata tabayandro bokora bakata tabayandro boshtere. Bora bakata tabayandro bokora bakata tabayandro boshtere bakara bondre. Ribitara boshtere bakata tabayandro bokora bakata tabayandro bondre. Come on, beautiful guys. Just for 30 more seconds. 30 more seconds. Bora bakata tabayandro bokora bakata tabayandro boshtere. Ribitara boshtere. Father, thank you that in this morning, Lord, that we can pray together. Father, thank you that we can declare healing in the name of Jesus. Father, we speak healing, Lord, over Cornet in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you by your stripes, Lord, there's healing for us. And this morning, Father, as Lord, as Pastor Eric years how the church prays, I thank you, Lord, for healing to manifest right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we stand against every form of sickness and disease in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we speak healing and we speak breakthrough now in Jesus Christ's name. Father, we declare over them as a family your healing in the name of Jesus. Come on, church. I want us just to pray 30 more seconds. Father, we command that healing to manifest right now. Come on, church. We thank you for the manifestation, Father, of complete healing right now. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. I want you to agree with me now, church. Father, we thank you that this is the day that the healing shall manifest in a body in Jesus' name. We thank you that every weapon formed shall not succeed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, that as the body this morning, we can agree, Lord, that every plan and purpose shall be lived out in Jesus' name. And Father, thank you that in this morning, we as a family of God, Lord, can hedge right about them as a family, Lord, from the left to the right and the front and the back in Jesus Christ's name. I just want us to contend for another minute. Come on, let's pray. We declare your healing. We declare your healing, Father, right now in Jesus' name. Bora bakata tabayendro boshtera bakara bondro bondro. 
healing to manifest Lord as you are the I am Lord and faith is now we thank you Lord we thank you Jesus Lord, break it open, 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 Lord. Break it open right now, break open, Lord, break it open, break open the healing, break open the manifestation, Lord. Break it open, Jesus, break it open, Lord. Roll the stone away, Break it open, Lord. Break it open, Lord. Break it open, Lord. Come on, church. Come on, Break it open. Disease go now. In Jesus' name. Sickness go now. In Jesus' name. I want us there where we are, we just thank the Lord. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the healing. Thank you for the manifestation, Lord. Thank you that we can speak out as a church this morning that Pastor Cornelia is whole, she's well. In Jesus' name, we declare it to be so, Lord, as the body of Christ, as the body of Christ united as one. In Jesus' name. I want us to pray, church. Just, uh, I want you to contest with me. Oh, break it open, Lord. Break it open. Break it open. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for our inner strength. We thank you, Lord, that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells inside of Pastor Cornelia. That same spirit that gives life to our mortal bodies dwells in Pastor Cornelia. And we thank you, Lord, for healing in this day in Jesus' name. I want us to thank the Lord, church. I want everybody, I want you to stretch out your hands. Just stretch out your hands. Father, let your healing power, let your spirit come and rest upon Pastor Eric, upon Pastor Cornei, upon their household. Let your spirit come and rest, Father. Let your spirit come and rest. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray, Lord, even for Pastor Cornel, Lord, there where she's at. Father, I thank you that your healing goes to her, touches her, as it's in her and upon her. We thank you that as a family of God, we can stand round about them. We can hedge them in by our prayers and our presence. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for the healing that shall manifest in this day. In Jesus' name. 